you would this morning, turn with me. Book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that ye might, uh, that he might pre- uh, present it to be uh, to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, we thank you that you love us. Lord, my sins confess before you. Lord, I come to the throne of grace this morning. I pray that I would be decreased, that you might be increased. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that Satan be barred from this place. I pray that you'll do things uh, this morning uh, in uh, our midst that we could not even imagine. I pray that you would take your word this morning through the moving of God the Holy Spirit and he would apply it to our hearts, convict us, move us, stir us in your word this morning that Christ might be exalted would be our prayer. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I ask these things. Amen. This morning we're going to look at the church. The church. Now this passage of Scripture in verse 25, we see this uh, often and people always look at it as husband loves your wives as Christ also loved the church. And we, we think that it's a, uh, directly talking to the way a husband is to a wife. Well, it is. But we're going to look at it reversed today. We'll look at it at a different standard. Um, and we're going to use the comparison of how Christ loved the church and how you and I are to love the church. Now we see it set up as a basis of a personal relationship, an intimate relationship between a husband and the wife and then the way Christ loved the church. Well, we hear of Christ many times and see many times that He's the groom and the church is the bride. So this picture is laid out before us fairly simple this morning. But what does the church mean to you? This morning we're going to look and see what God's Word says it is to mean to you. First thing that I see here is the value of the church. The value of the church. Look there again in verse uh, 25. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. Today if you were to ask around, you'll get a lot of ideas this day and age of what the church is. Well, let me say this. The church has always been what the church is right now. That's unchanging. Now, uh, the methods, these uh, screens that you see 40 years ago didn't have that. But actually, the church is exactly the way it was established at the onset. There is no difference. Now, there are some today who say, well, you know what? I can sit in my living room, in my recliner, and consider that church. I can sit on a deer stand and consider that church. I can uh, uh, be on a golf course and that's what church is. No, it is not. No, it's not. Christ said, upon this rock 
I'll build my church. You see, the idea of church uh, is not about man's idea of what church is. No, it's God's institution, not your idea of it. It's already been established what church is to be. And I believe that there is something very special about God's children gathering in one building where God has placed them and being that local New Testament Bible-believing church body. It's laid out before us. The church. There's something special about that. We see this comparison of a husband and a wife to Christ and the church. I want you to get this, and I hope through the moving of the Holy Spirit that I'm able to say this to where it can be understood. If an individual walked up to you today and told you, said, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to reevaluate my life. I'm going to get a new understanding. I'm going to totally restructure my life. I'm going to leave my wife. And I'm just going to love all women. I'm just going to take that institution of marriage and just throw that aside. And I'm going to do whatever I want to do in my life. You'd think, well, that man's a fruitcake. He's lost it, Right? Well, of course. Husbands, I tell you what, we're going to look at this comparison. I would advise everyone in here not to come in on Friday night and tell your wife that Saturday night you're carrying out a woman to dinner. And she's not invited. It's probably not going to go over well, is it? Of course it's not. There's a relationship between a husband and wife, but it's derived from Christ and the church. And there should be a love that you and I have for the church. Christ loved it. We're to be Christ-like. We see the word love here in this passage of Scripture that Christ also loved the church. That word love here is the same one you see in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It's an agape love. So if I'm to be Christ-like, and we've got a comparison here of a husband and a wife, and Christ being the groom and the church being the bride, so shouldn't there be a great emphasis upon me being at church where God has placed me to serve Him with my brothers and sisters in Christ? Amen. There should be. Not only, not only should there be a... uh, A drawing for us to be there. But Brother Corey, there's a responsibility you and I have to the local New Testament Bible-believing church. And I see in this passage of Scripture as we look at Christ being uh, the groom and the bride being the church and we see that there's husbands and wives and we see this picture laid out for us. You know what Calvary Baptist Church is to be? Calvary Baptist Church is to have an unconditional love for our church. Now let me say this, the church is not this old tin building in concrete. It's not what the church is. The church is this body of believers, the redeemed, that Christ has saved from our sins and brought us into fellowship with one another. And there should be an unconditional love for that. I'm glad today that Jesus Christ has an unconditional love for me. I'm so happy today that God loves me on my bad days. No, I disappoint Him. But God also loves me in my good days. I'm so happy today for that unconditional love that Christ has for me. But I'm going to tell you, the church is to be just that way. We are to be just this way to our church. Brothers and sisters in Christ. The church. 
Have you ever heard anyone run down people at church, their church? Have you ever heard that? They don't love the church. Do you think Jesus Christ ever run down the church? Let me ask you this. Do you run down your wife in public? Wives, do you run down your husband in public? If you do, you need to quit. You need to, it needs to cease. You see, Jesus Christ loved the church so and He gave us an example of what you and I are to be to one another. I believe we've missed the phrase when we say, I'm going to church this morning. I believe we've missed that. Brother Joe, I believe we should say, I'm going to be with the church this morning. I'm not going to church. I'm going to be with the church. And there should be an unconditional love that you and I have for one another. First, you and I need to pray for ourselves. And when we get right, when we get prayed up, and we get right with God, I'll tell you that you will start loving your brothers and sisters in Christ at Calvary Baptist Church. When you run down things or you gossip about things, you are actually showing the lack of prayer life that you have in your relationship with Christ. You've told off on yourself. You've told off on who you truly are. The church is not perfect. If you're sitting around looking for a perfect church today, you will not find it because once you get there, it will be no, uh, perfect no longer. You'll mess it all up. There's no perfect church. But also I see in this same passage that uh, this unconditional love that you and I are to have because Christ has that unconditional love for us. There has to, it's a sacrifice, uh, sacrificial love for the church. Look there in verse 25 again. It says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Gave himself for it. Well, what did he do? Jesus Christ came from the glories of heaven, born of a virgin, took upon Himself this human flesh, although He was sinless throughout it. God is who He was. He walked among man. He faced the same trials and tribulations and sorrows even more than we did. He went to Calvary's cross. At that time, He took all the sin of everyone that has ever lived and ever will live. They were placed upon Him. God forsook Him. Christ died for those sins, made an atonement for those sins, and on the third day, arose from the grave victorious over it. There's a sacrificial love of what Christ done for the church. Church isn't a place for your entertainment. Because the cross of Calvary was not entertainment for him. It's not a place for your convenience or your appeasement. That's not what church is. If you're having a problem understanding what the church is today and what the church should be for you and what is going on at church, I'll tell you what you do. It's the song, the young ladies, the Listen to me, girls, just saying, you start living under the shadow of the cross and you'll get a clear description of what you're to be to this local New Testament Bible-believing church. This day and age, we've dumbed down discipleship and just about done away with servanthood. Church is not what church can do for you. God places, there, places you there for you to do something there. 
Today we see everybody's looking for something. I, I see this, I hear this all the time. I'm going to just be honest with you. You know, people saying, well, I'm looking for a church I like. That's not even a requirement. That's not even biblical. Well, I'm looking for a church that fits me. You're wrong again. Because it's not your decision where God puts you to serve. I love to hear someone come to join Calvary Baptist Church and say, you know what, I've been praying about this. Lord sent me here that I may serve Him right here. That I may be a disciple of Him right here. I picture today's society, we see it every day. I picture today's society as this. When someone plants a garden, today's society is the one that just says, well, you know what, I'm owed everything. I'm just going to pick that man's garden. I've not picked the first piece of grass out of it. I never tilled the ground. I never planted the first seed nor spread the fertilizer, but I'm going to eat all the things that he has out of that garden. That's the idea of America today in church. Let someone else establish it. Let someone else get it going. Let someone else set the plan. And then I'm going to come in and just reap the benefits and sit on a pew like a knot on a log and not hit a lick at a snake. That's what the church has done. Because we've downplayed what discipleship is and servanthood. I'm going to tell you what, if you need a vision today of what you are to be at Calvary Baptist Church, you get under the shadow of the cross, you start seeking Jesus in your life, and He'll show you where you'll serve if you're saved. It's not about your opinion or what you like. It's about what Jesus would have you do. Secondly, I see the vitality of the church. Look there in verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Vitality is the power of enduring. The power of enduring. What's that actually mean? Calvary Baptist Church is to have a vitality to it. And you know, when I say vitality, that's a, a long term word you know I'm going to get old or maybe not old and I'm going to leave this world one day this body's going to wear out or it's going to be in an accident and taken out Calvary Baptist Church will not fold up because Gary Carter left you know where the vitality comes through you know where this power of enduring comes it's through Jesus Christ himself the church that has this vitality is a church that looks alive it looks alive. It's because God works in it. I believe today there should be an excitement of, uh, that you and I have about being sanctified by Christ. I believe there's an excitement that you and I should have to say, Lord, just show me where you need me to serve and I'll step out, I'll take that role because I've been sanctified. You've paid my price and my debt. Let me serve you somewhere. I believe there should be an excitement today when you prepare Sunday school lessons. Teachers, if you do not have an excitement of preparing Sunday school lessons and telling others about what Christ has done for us and what the Word of God says, come see me after church. Resign. Resign. I believe there should be an excitement when we sing. I believe there will be an excitement about our worship. And I'm going to tell you today, and it doesn't matter who believes it, who likes it, I'm going to tell you the way that I believe, and it's just the way it's going to be. Make friends or lose them doesn't make me any difference. 
I believe the preaching of the Word today has also been downplayed. So no one gets offended. Sure don't want anybody's feelings hurt. I believe the preaching of the Gospel should be shut the corn, shell the peas, and peel the bark off the walls by the proclaiming of God's Word. Nothing else will suffice. I believe the preaching of the Word should look alive. I believe that I am uh, told and called that the Lord lay on my heart what He would have for me and to uh, tell you out of His Word. I believe there should be a moving of the Holy Spirit and I believe there should be a compassion in the preaching of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that. A hen doesn't lay an egg on a block of ice. The church is to look alive. But I see in that that it's grown by the Word. It's grown. There is no substitute for the Word of God. You can go to Lifeway and you can find all these books. You can look here. And something that's always confused me, I don't understand, is these uh, self-help books. Self-help. Jesus Christ didn't come and die a bloody death on Calvary for you to try to help yourself. Did not. If you're looking for answers today, if you have sorrows, if you have disappointment, if you have heartache, you have to look no further. You have to go no further than your prayer closet and to the Word of God. And He is capable today through the moving of the Holy Spirit to clear it all up for you. You don't need self-help. You need Jesus' help. See, we're grown by the Word. It's the Word that grows us and moves us to be more like Jesus Christ. You see, it's the Word that restrains the flesh. We have people say, you know what, I just can't beat this. I just can't get over the hump. These sins are coming upon me and I cannot fight them all. You know how you're going to have to fight it? You're going to have to get in God's Word, see what God says. And it's by the Word of God that the flesh will be restrained. And you'll look more like Jesus minute by minute. Hour by hour. But also it is the Word of God that builds our faith. Said in my own life, boy, I've never been able to move a mountain so my faith is smaller than a mustard seed. God help me. You know where God will help me? It's in His Word. It's in His Word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. There's no substitute for the Word of God. Church is not about a crowd. Of course, we like to see big crowds, but that's not what church is about. It's not what it's about. It's not about a big crowd. It's about God's people gathering up, loving one another, praying for one another, and planning on exalting Christ through the teaching and the singing and the preaching of God's Word. That's what church is about. Numbers are not what it's about. But also, we've got to be governed by the Word. Look what it says there in verse 26 again. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. The word washing here. It's cleaning everything off. It's uh, wiping everything clean. It's being governed by the word of God. Everything that we're to do, everything that a, a local New Testament church is to do, has to be governed by the word. It has to take the word test. The word test. You say, well, what's that? It's not about tradition. I don't think anyone at Calvary would be just terribly upset about that, but it's not. 
Well, we've always done it that way. Well, never said it was right when you started it. Always done it like this. Well, I have a heavy foot in a vehicle. It's going to take something for a vehicle to stay under me long enough for me to get paid for. Just being honest with you. And I've noticed here lately my speed is steadily getting faster and faster. And all I'm looking for, I'm going to be honest with you, is wait till that state trooper stops me and he brings me back down to check because I'm not checking myself up. It's going to take some correction because I'm just keeping doing it. Well, if I've always drove 75 on the way home, that does not make it right. And an Arkansas state trooper or deputy sheriff can get me lined out on it real quick. Right? So just because it's tradition does not make it right. Just because it's the way we've always done it has nothing to do with it. It's to take the word test. The word test. Do you know why, as we are today, having a baptism? You know why we're having that? Well, it's just something we do as Baptists. Carry people into a baptistry and submerge them. It's just something that we do. No, no it's not. It's past the word test. Jesus, uh, the word of God tells us to believe and be baptized. Okay? Second of all, we're uh, during this time of baptism, that baptism has passed the word test. The word test is the, uh, uh, the baptism is to represent the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. The word test. So what we're going to do after this service, you're going to see a baptism. And it's going to represent the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what it shows. Pass the word test. The word test also through the Lord's Supper. Why do we take that? Well, we just, oh boy, I love drinking that juice. My throat gets dry at the end of church. Just give me a little old sip to get me to La Raza afterwards. Just wet my whistle. Pease my appetite. I've actually been talking to preachers, see if we can just get a piece of bread. Man, they've got some good bread up there at that Italian restaurant. We can get in on that. Get me a little bigger cup. No, that's not why we do it. The reason that the Lord's Supper has been given to us, it's been given to us by Christ Himself. It is an ordinance that's been given to the church. And the reason we take that is that we're the bread's representing that body that was broken for me. It's a personal thing to me. It's talking about that blood that was shed to me, and we do it in remembrance of Christ till He comes again. See, it's taken the word test. But when you're governed also by the word, and everything's taken the word test and all the ordinances that we carry out, the things that we do. You can't leave out your financial planning neither. Your financial planning has to come through the word test. Are the things that we're spending money on, are they exalting Christ? Are they advancing the kingdom? I believe today that we are commanded to tithe and I believe that when you give that tithe that isn't actually yours, Scott, when that tithe is given, I believe that our hearts as that tither should be handing that over and saying, Jesus, I'm putting this very tithe in your hands. Do with it what you will. And we'll give it in a cheerful heart. But then I see that also there's victory in the church. Look there in verse 27. That he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but, it, but that it should be holy 
and without blemish. Calvary Baptist Church, we are to have a vision. I believe that the way we are to live our lives is is, is a very uh, the very dress rehearsal for the coming of Christ. I believe we should be so prepared. We should be living our lives that we say, Lord, I know that one day you're going to step out in that cloud and you're going to receive me, but you'll have no problem recognizing who I am. You'll know exactly who I am, that we're having a vision, that we're saying we want to see all things done in your will in my life. But the church is also in this victory of the church is to look like we're winning. Look like we're winning. So many church members walk around today as they've just ate lemons, head hung down looking like a sick bird. Look most miserable. Something's wrong. I've said before, we've, you, I've heard people say, and I've said it myself. You ask someone, well, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. Well, let me tell you this. Let me talk to you about this victory. I don't know what's going on in your life right now, what situations and circumstances that you may have. But for the redeemed, for a child of God, every problem, every sorrow should be like a mattress to us. Not under it, but on top of it. Christ has set us up for victory. And we need to look at like it. You say, well, Pastor, you know, you really start boiling it down. I've been uh, striving to live my life right and I look how everyone else is live, uh, living their life and I'm just in the minority. What am I able to do? I'm the minority in this. Well, I'm going to tell you something story in the Bible about a man that built a boat before it ever rained. Boy, he proclaimed that God, judgment's coming. Preached and preached. He, his wife, three sons and his daughter, uh, daughter-in-laws with the animals went into the ark. The door was shut. Truly, he and his family were the minority, wouldn't you think? But once that dove come back, once that ark had settled on a point, Noah, his wife, three sons, and his daughter-in-laws, became the majority. Victory. Victory. Calvary Baptist Church, here's the challenge. Let's work God's way. Let's just do it God's way. Through God's power, God's strength, enduring power. God's way. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Thank you that you love us. Lord, I can't even understand that love. But I'm so thankful today for it. I can't understand why you'd come and die for something like me.
you'd send the best heaven had to die for me. So I praise you today for Jesus. Thank you today for Jesus. I pray that he's been exalted. So Lord, during this time of invitation, as we reverence ourselves before you, Lord, you move your way in my life and in this congregation. It's in Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen.